welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 241 are open. Today on the show, 2023 is kicked off and started by a Fire Emblem Engage. Our housemates share their favorite games of 2022, and I'll discuss what the year looks like here at the House of Mario. I hope you're going well. I hope you've had a fantastic new year, and I hope your family and all that is doing swell. I know the break is something that we all needed. I know I sure did, and, um, you know, rolling into this year, I hope we've all, you know, sort of got those New Year's resolutions sorted out, whether you're a believer in them or you're not. Maybe... Maybe you think they're a bit silly because why would you put off, um, you know, doing something if it's a New Year's far away? But for me, it's always something that I, I sort of look forward to. I'm like, all right, you know, it's a bit of a reset in terms of your mindset and things that are going on. So I think it's a good thing. And, um, you know, for me, I've got a lot of sort of uh, New Year's resolutions in terms of health and gaming and family and content creation. And I think it's a good time just to sort of reflect on the past year and for me especially like the last year of uh you know having my son i've done so much just stewing and reflecting it's uh i don't know i'm almost like a mirror i've been reflecting that much you know what i mean now, there's a dad joke for you that's how much of a freaking dad i've become jesus christ um i didn't um even think about that before it came out my mouth that's 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 scary stuff maybe i should just uh start the show again nah maybe not <laughs> But yeah, certainly been doing a, a lot of reflecting as far as what's got been going on. And I want to cover that at the end of the episode, just as far as, you know, what I want 2023 to mean for content creation and stuff uh, involving the House of Mario. But as far as just gaming itself, I've got, um, I've got just like a basic sort of goal and that's to accomplish, um, beating 24 games by the end of 2023. And I think it's a pretty... Um, pretty accomplishable goal to be honest. You know, it's two games a month, and some some months will be very busy. Some will be a little bit more lax, like January is for me um, here down in the southeast of South Australia. So you know, I'm looking forward to doing it. I've beaten one game so far, which I'll talk about a bit later in the show. But um, I've also got like a fair few bigger games on the go as well, which um. This year, it's all about sort of time management, how I can utilize my gaming time effectively and even knock out some big games that have been in my backlog for a long time. Um, and, you know, the, the, the game that's been on just my pile of shame, the game that I would have loved most to play when it come out, um, the, the game that I have a lit literal mouse pad sat right in front of me representing, I feel like the biggest fake fan, um, that's Persona 5 Royal. I love the whole atmosphere of the game and I cannot wait to play more of it. I finally started it, but um, I'll talk a bit more about my experience as we get into what we've been playing. But yeah, certainly, certainly a goal that I hopefully will achieve this year. I don't know how many games I've really finished like last year and the year before, to be honest with you. I don't really keep track of them. I sort of um, you know, finish them and or just play what I need to and talk about it on the podcast, or whatever, but I don't actually track it. So this year as well, I'm tracking all the games I play, whether I've beat them, finish them, or just, you know, throw them away. I don't want to play it anymore because it's not worth my bloody time. Um, I'm just tracking it through the GG app. 
which is um, just a really great app on you know smartphones where you can like make lists of games. You can do little reviews for other people to read. You know, you can follow one another. It's been like a little bit of a social media as far as trying to tackle your backlog. So that's something I definitely recommend if you are in you know the sort of business of trying to get your backlog down. Or it might just give you anxiety because you can look at it like in a literal list. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm never going to beat that. Um, but yeah, as far as my gaming goes, that's uh, what I want to accomplish in uh, 2023. So if you guys have any similar goals, I'd love to know you know, just what you guys want to accomplish gaming-wise in 2023, whether that is... Uh, you know, beat a certain amount of games, whether that is... Um, I was talking to Wacko Jacko in the Discord, actually. He just wants to work on his his um, his Pokedex, his, his living decks, his shiny Pokemon, all of that. And I think that's a, that's a great goal to have. Um, just, you know, everyone's different. And um, yeah, for me, I just want to uh, get through some of these games because 2023, what a fantastic looking year it's going to be. And we're only at the very start and Nintendo-wise, we know of Zelda, we know of Kirby and Fire Emblem Engage came out today at the time of recording this podcast. Uh, So we've got some awesome Nintendo games coming as well, I dare say, when we get a Nintendo Direct probably next month sometime. I think we can put a put a bet on that uh, we will get a Direct next next month or coming up very soon. Uh, But... Before we move on, let's get into some housekeeping. You can follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash ruby. This year, I will be pushing that YouTube channel a lot more with this podcast, other videos, gaming content, streams, which I'll be doing on Friday mornings here. Uh, and, um, what's, our, what's our time zone? Australian Central Daylight Time, whatever it is. ACDT. So I'll be doing a lot of stuff over there. Go and check it out. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can check this podcast out on podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Personally, I use Pocket Cast, fantastic app made locally in South Australia. And um, you can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash ruby where there's exclusive podcasts and stuff over there. Feel free to check that out from a dollar a month. So I want to start things off by uh, going through a digital foundry article. This is from... Um, basically the very end of last year when this come out. Um, basically, what the rumor was or the, the word on the street is, is that Nintendo will not have a mid-generation refresh, which means the Switch Pro that we've been expecting the last three years. It's been a long time. The Switch is coming up to its sixth year anniversary, which is crazy. <laughs> it really is. So we're not going to have that, and the next system will be a true you know, Switch to a successor to the Nintendo Switch. So I'm just going to read this uh, quick write-up from my Nintendo News, which took uh, the information from Digital Foundry. So the article reads, Digital uh, Foundry's John Linderman has revealed in the latest Digital Foundry uh, Direct Weekly that he has spoken to a number of different developers about whether they whether or not a revised Nintendo Switch console is still in the works. From what he understands from people that have spoken uh, to that is... Uh, is that a revised unit was planned by a secretive uh, Kyoto-based company but was ultimately scrapped. The reasons for this remain unknown, though it could have been due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused 
uh, market turbulence worldwide due to component shortage, shortages, worldwide lockdowns, etc. Linderman believes that whatever Nintendo's planning to bring out uh, next, it will be a full-blown success to the Nintendo Switch system, which launched worldwide in March uh, <laughs> 2017. Um, so that's the end of the article there. And I just want to bring that up because I, I remember a long time ago, like three years into the Switch, I was really looking forward to you know, a Switch Pro, something with a little bit more power, something that, you know, Nintendo games could shine a little bit more. Third-party games could, could um, you know, even come to the console that wouldn't be possible on, say, a baseline Nintendo Switch. And I can think I can speak for a lot of us um, who pay close attention to Nintendo news. We're all getting very tired of the Switch Pro rumors to the point where here on the show, even Bryce and I were like, all right, we're not talking about it anymore. We're, we're sick of people pretending to be, you know, big time knowledgeable people that either get unlucky and, you know, things change. Like I dare say COVID-19, you know, the pandemic uh, definitely um, con- uh, contributed to, but it, it got a little bit tiresome. And it, even for me, it was mainly because I really wanted the Switch Pro as a product. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. I know most of Nintendo's market probably don't care and for, from their sales, um, they don't necessarily care. Um, but what has sort of led to six years on waiting for a brand new Switch, um, it's I sort of changed my outlook on how I'm going to treat my relationship with the Nintendo Switch in 2023. And a lot of that is, since it came out in 2017, I've been playing pretty much exclusively on Switch. If a game was coming to multiple platforms, including the Switch, I was always going to buy it on the Nintendo platform. Uh, And that's because of its ease of use, its portability, a lot of the things that make the Switch great. But honestly, for me, over the last year or two, just seeing uh, games run how they do, how they perform, um, I don't know. Um, in some ways, I'm a little bit just jaded of the Switch how it is. And that's not to say I don't love the Switch. You know, I've been playing Fire Emblem um, Engage this morning. I think it holds up really well. The presentation, everything's beautiful about it. But there's... I think there's a few sort of third-party games I'm like, look, I can't, I'm not going to play exclusively on the Switch anymore. And it's a little bit sad, but I think a lot of it for me is, uh, you know, my change in setup as well. Last episode, whether you listen to it or not, I basically just uh, let you guys know that I put together a TV stand, which over the last month or so has been just a blessing in disguise. Like it's been one of the best things, the best ideas I've had as far as my gaming setup goes. Um, you know, getting home from work and be like, oh, I'm just, look, like, you know, sharing, it's a physical job. Like my legs hurt. I just want to lay down. Like I, I've had tea. I want to go straight to bed. It's, you know, eight o'clock. It's not quite, it's a bit too early to actually go and sleep. Um, but I just want to, I want to lay down. I want to rest. And so I wheel the TV into the end of the bed. I play it there. I can play the Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and even um, you know a Mac, which I use for emulation purposes. I just wheel that in, put it at the end of the bed, and I played through like a fair few games, like just like that, utilizing my time a lot better. 
Um, even to the point where, you know, Chantel will be watching Netflix or something on the TV in the lounge room. I'm like, look, I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to, still going to be together. Um, I don't have to feel guilty about going to another room. I'll, I'll wheel the TV into the lounge room. I can, I'll wheel it into this room for streaming. It's just been a really versatile way of being able to utilize my time with, you know, the other consoles better. So I've been playing sort of a lot of stuff on Xbox and PlayStation and I've just been really enjoying it. And it's sort of, it's left me in a little bit of an awkward space for like, you know, since I've been doing the House of Mario, I've always been a Nintendo first gamer. Um, whereas, you know, over the course of this year and to, until the next system, it, you know, things might be just a little bit different as far as like where I'm going to choose to play particular games. Even some indie games, like I probably will pick them up on PS5 or Xbox Series X, to be honest with you, just for the achievements and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the it's just ease of access and stuff like that. Um, but that isn't the say that I won't be playing Switch this year. There's going to be plenty of games that I'm going to really enjoy playing. Got a heap of stuff on Backlog, uh, the virtual console as well with Nintendo Switch Online. I've got a lot of sort of retro stuff I want to get back to. As well as just like, you know, Fire Emblem that came out today. Got plenty of <laughs> plenty of stuff to get through that. Pokemon DLC, I dare say, will be coming to Scarlet and Violet. And uh, what else is coming out? Kirby. I'm actually quite looking forward to Kirby. And uh, what have we got next? The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, of course. So I've got plenty to look forward to, plenty to play on Switch. But this is just, uh, I guess, uh, you know, just me being honest as far as like, you know, I am going to be talking about games this year on the House of Mario that I might not be playing a Switch copy of. Um, there will be, there's a game that came out yesterday, actually, that I'm really interested in. I'm not sure when I'll get to it, but it's called A Space a Space for the Unbound, which was in a Nintendo Direct a few months ago. And it looks really cool. Um, but I'll probably, I probably could be, depends where I want to pick it up, um, be playing on another platform. Um, so... That is uh that is that. But I'm um I'm really enjoying just sort of getting more time with the other consoles as well. Uh, I got my you know we all sort of get the emails from these different um different platform holders saying like this was your favorite game you've been playing this year. This is how much time you've put into games as a whole on our service. You get them from Nintendo as well, and you get a nice little breakdown about like your favorite genre and what game you spent the most time with, and it's really interesting. But it was really sad, actually. I got my um, I got mine from PlayStation. It was like, <laughs> I think the most played game I, I played was Stray, and that's a really short game. I think overall I put like 30 hours into the PS5. I'm like, man, I need to be playing this thing a little bit more. There's uh, so many games from like the Final Fantasy series, and um, you know, just a bunch of stuff in my backlog that is you know not on Switch. So I just really want to sort of dig into that a lot more as um. As far as you know, my, my gaming appetite goes. So I hope that's okay with you guys. I hope you don't take offense to it. But you know, there will be I will be discussing other games as well that are you know aren't on Nintendo platforms. And um, depending on how it goes throughout the year, I might find other avenues as far as content and stuff that I can uh, sort of dig more into those types of things. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Looking forward to it. I love this TV trolley man. I think. Uh, if you guys like, you know, need more versatility with your TV, put it on a trolley, man. It's awesome. Hook up your consoles, you wheel them around the house. If you've got like a two-story house or something, it might not be that great. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's awesome. Keep it in mind. All right, let's jump into the Guru Geek Out. This is our tribute to my late friend, Bobby Paul's the Nintendo Guru. 
This is where we share positivity, share something we're excited about throughout the last week. And um, this was something from yesterday, actually, that really brightened up my day. And uh, Fallout Boy, one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band from early high school. Uh, they've got a brand new song, a brand new album coming out March 24th. And the song was that is called Love From The Other Side. And Fallout Boy... Their albums were getting better and better. I was like, I love it so much. But the last one was like a bit of a letdown. So when I saw that they had a brand new song out, before I clicked on it on my um, Apple Music, I was a little bit nervous. A bit of a tremor went through my nervous system. I'm like, oh, please be good. I can't I can't do two in a row. Like, you know, their albums were just so good in my eyes, in my ears. Um, but the last one, I'm like, look, it's fine. It's a, bit, it's a letdown. Um, it even got... It even got a delay, which is really strange for music. I don't follow music that closely, but the idea of an album getting a delay, I'm like, oh God, this is going to come in rough. And uh, I think it did. <laughs> but uh, the song is like a harken back to just the older music, the more punk, heavier music, which I absolutely love. And it just filled me with so much adrenaline throughout the day, just uh, really made me happy. And it also made me reflect a little bit. In 2013, this was my first year out of high school. And, you know, in school, I was always shy and, you know, not as, I guess, socially outgoing um, as I would like to be. And, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> 10 years later, he's hosting a Nintendo podcast. Oh, what a, what a bloody surprise. <laughs> Bloody Nintendo nerds are a little bit not not as socially outgoing as uh, he might have liked. But 2013 was a year that I sort of put my foot down. I was like, "Look, I'm going to I'm going to get more confident. I'm going to work on my fitness, my health. I'm going to you know just really put put it all into sport. I'm going to become a lot better at talking to girls. You know, just all that type of stuff. That confidence boosting. I was like, I'm going to get confidence this year, and it was one of the most transformative years of my life and the soundtrack the back the backdrop what to that was Fallout Boy's 2013 um, Save Rock and Roll and this is a song I'll listen to on runs my power song as I'm going up hills the song that you know gives me a confidence to you know send messages to some girl I was interested all of that and when I first heard like their return in 2013 I was just so excited. And this is a little bit of the same because a decade later in 2023, I'm going to be doing a lot of the same. It's not going to be, oh, I want to talk to girls. You know, I've got a wife now. I think I'm all right in, in that respect. But there's a lot of things this year that I want to accomplish, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's, um, you know, just creatively as far as all this content goes. I've got a lot that I want to do. So it seems very fitting that at the start of the year, we've got a brand new Fallout Boy song that I really like, that powers me and motivates me. And it's going to be maybe another backdrop to another really memorable year as far as um, you know accomplishments and things that I do. So I hope that's the case. So really excited. Brand new Fallout Boy album coming out. Hope the other songs are as good. Um, I'm sure they will be. Let's be optimistic here. And uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> And uh, up next is uh, The Last of Us TV show, um, HBO TV series. And uh, it actually made me sign up to Binge here in Australia. Binge is a streaming platform, which I never heard of before I looked up where The Last of Us is streaming here in Australia. 
And uh, The Last of Us, it's um, it's one of the best games of all time, just narratively. It was just such... It was In 2013, look, another 2013 game. It was just so far ahead of the rest of as far as telling a story, as far as just um, just the technology and everything that was put into it from the characters animating to, um, you know, you interacting with the world. Um, it was just a phenomenal game. So um, it's sort of um, no surprise that a capable, you know, I guess television network was able to, you know, make the first episode just truly great. I assume that this will continue on and be just a fantastic series. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I sat down with Chantel. I'm like, look, babe, we're watching this. I'm, I'm making you watch this. Because um, she actually watched me play through The Last of Us Part 2. And I sort of caught her up. I'm like, all right, this happens, this happens, this happens. And she's like, okay. And then she watched that, um, watched pretty much most of me play that game. But I really enjoyed sort of how, you know, they added extra context to things that happened in the game. And... This is this is the first time we've actually had like really great, um, I guess, uh, a, a visual media based on a video game that wasn't like Sonic or Pokemon. You know, they're kids' movies, and you know they're not like directly based on a game that's extremely cinematic already. Like Detective Pikachu on 3DS. You know, it's a point-and-click game. It, it was like it was nowhere near the same as like you know The Last of Us, which is very cinematic. So just showing the differences between the two mediums is actually really interesting. I liked how like the TV series, you know, they don't have to like give you a gameplay loop. They don't have to be like, all right, the gameplay loop for like this section is you're going into a building, you're you're scavenging for materials, you're, you know, you're silently killing clickers as you're going through. You got to make sure you get your, you know, your shiv back out of them. And, you know, it's just all of the stuff that goes into making a fun gameplay loop um this tv series obviously doesn't have to do that they can jump between characters give more context to you know why this character is doing this and add more characters in the background that add just a greater sense of the world it's really interesting to sort of think about it from you know just the differences between both medias because really we haven't had such a just just a good example of just the same story, one's a video game, one's a TV series. We've always been a little bit different. Um, like, you know, the Halo series, you can't even, like, I, I don't think they even looked at <laughs> the Halo video game. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. But not bring that up. It's a bit, a bit of a sore topic. But it's great. I can't wait to watch more. Um, it's going to, it made me sign up to binge. So, good on them. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some gaming talk. So this is my week in gaming. I've been playing High on Life on Xbox. This is the game I finished already in 2023. And, um, you know, I was I was a little bit reluctant to play it. Obviously, it's through Xbox Game Pass, so it had nothing to lose. Um, but the reviews come out, and on Metacritic, it was sitting at about a 55. I'm like, 55, man. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with 55. That's like a, that's an okay score. Um, you know, that's that's fine. But, you know, as a father who's really trying to utilize my time effectively in my gaming, I'm like, oh, look, I don't know. Um, but I was sitting in bed one night and I thought, you look, let's start it. I've, I've got it downloaded. Let's, let's jump into it. And I'm really glad I did. This is a game that I think reviews, you need to really listen to what they're saying to understand whether it's a game for you or not. Because a lot of these reviews, they might be like, look, it's not funny. The characters don't shut up. 
the gameplay doesn't feel that good and, you know, just all, all that type of stuff. And I, I learned um, a long time ago that, you know, reviews don't necessarily reflect what the game will mean to you. And um, a good example of this for me is Kid Icarus Uprising. You know, a, a lot of the sort of the commentary around the game is the characters don't shut up, the controls suck, et cetera, et cetera. Look, that makes sense. And in some ways, those things are true. The characters do not shut up and the the gameplay is is hard on the bottom screen just with that little stylus holding at the time, which was like the original 3DS. It's, a, it's, an, it's an awkward setup. But if you are able to overlook those controls and if you don't mind characters that don't shut up, you're going to have a great time. And personally for me, I had a great time of Kid, uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. So when high on life, they were sort of, reviews were coming out saying, look, these, these characters don't shut up. Um, I'm like, oh, look, I, I don't mind characters just talking, 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 and then um, you're getting story, character context, all that as you're going throughout the game. It's kind of like listening to a podcast uh, just while you're playing a game. Like, oh, like honestly, like when you listen to a podcast, and you're like, are, are you saying to the people, like, oh, shut up, you're just talking all the time, just pop down. <laughs> So no, not necessarily. And if uh, the characters in the game are actually sharing what they like, sharing funny things or things that push the story forward or help you understand the characters a little bit more, I think it's a good thing. So in this game, you've got little Gatling guns, and throughout the game, I think you you know you gradually unlock different weapons as you go forward. But they're all sort of weapons that have their face. Um, pointing towards you so in the first person view you can see their mouth and eyes and that fully animate as you're looking around as you're using them as you're zooming down the site as you're utilizing their special ability and I really like that it brought so much personality and charm to the game which I personally really enjoyed I really enjoyed um, having just them um, you know just have the back and forth of one another once you're unlocked basically the whole family of uh, Gatling guns. And they all have their own different abilities as well, which I really enjoyed. You start off with just like a, a pistol, which doesn't do a whole lot. has an interesting special ability where you're able to do like a gunk shot where you can knock over objects to uh, be able to traverse the, the levels um, and get, get past there. Um, but a, a lot of them do different things. And uh, personally, one of my favorites was was that uh what was its name its name was creature and what creature does it's basically you put your arm into it so it's like this great it's got like a butthole pretty much under its head <laughs> and then you put your your arm into it you look like samus aaron and then you're able to shoot off its kids off of its back and it basically just lays these eggs really quickly and you the bullets are just its kids that run around like little pikmin and then Eventually, they find an opponent, they jump onto it, they bash it to death. And uh, there's also like it's special where um, I think it's like a, it's a pink, little pink baby that jumps onto your opponent and then they actually like mind control them for a short amount of time and then that, then that uh, enemy is actually on your side for maybe five, three seconds. Um, so just like a really creative in sort of the the ideas that it brings to the table and of course the humor as well it's not everyone's uh, cup of tea but it's certainly my cup of tea you know justin Royland, you know just just a really stupid uh sense of humor a little bit awkward talking about the game as well you know bringing up justin Royland. he obviously um if you haven't heard he's um under domestic violent charges or something like that it's like yeah no good so i don't know if that <laughs> puts you off playing the game or not but 
Um, a bunch of other people did work on the game, so take it how you want to take it. But it's it's a it's a really fun, funny, well put together game, which honestly I'll probably rate like an eight out of ten. It's uh, really fantastic, and um, on Xbox Game Pass and is it on PC? Not sure. It's definitely on Xbox. Go and give it a look. It's uh, fantastic. But I did notice it was like ninety bucks. Um, if you don't have Game Pass. Just it's about a ten-hour game, so I'm not sure if it's worth that amount of money. But that's up to you. Um, obviously, it's all subjective as far as the money, the currency. But um, definitely worth it on Game Pass, man. Really enjoyed it. Next up, I played Persona Five Royale, and this is a game that really sort of sparked my discussion before about playing games off of Switch. And <laughs> I feel I feel really hypocritical for this one been asking for persona 5 on switch for years and i finally got it i did buy it and um i just really wanted that game to shine on my 4k tv and now that i'm can i can play the xbox pretty much just as easily as i can the switch um i i just really want it to shine on there so i'm playing it on xbox um, via xbox game pass um, and my idea with Persona 5 is to chip at it throughout the year. By the end of 2023, I want to be finished Persona 5 Royale. This is this is my biggest pile of shame game um, that I definitely want to, want finished. And I'm about five and a half hours in, according to my clock. And I've got to say, this is this game is just as awesome as I hoped it would be. Really enjoying it. The story is just awesome. I don't want to put it down. Just how it sort of captivates you. Just every sort of area you're in. It's like it's just like bite-sized chunks. Like you know, going through the subway. You're you know going to school. Get like it's all just how it's all put together with the transitions. Just really gives you no down downtime to be like, all right, I'm bored. It just keeps on going and going. You don't necessarily get stuck. Um, you know, I haven't done like a full-on proper palace yet, but that's fun as well. Just going through, working out where to go. Um, different mechanics as far as like each time I've been introduced to the first palace. I think uh, I'm going to really enjoy this game. So if I don't finish it, that's going to be a real, real shame. Um, and uh, yeah, just really great. Really great. Um, next up is another pile of shame game, which I've actually swapped over my platform, but I'm playing it on. Uh, Atelier Riser. Um, you know, I've been talking about the Atelier games throughout 2022 Really enjoy Atelier Sophie 2 last year. And uh, I never actually finished Atelier Riser. And going back to it on Switch, it looks great on Switch. Don't get me wrong. It holds up well. But I, what really drew me to that series was just its art style. Its art style is awesome. I love it. I love how just colorful and cute the characters are. Um, I, I just really wanted it to pop much like I wanted Persona 5 to pop on TV screen. Um, so I've that they were on sale. I did re- rebuy Atelier Riser, um, Ever Darkness and The Secret Hideout, which is the first game, and Atelier Riser 2 on PlayStation 5. Um, and I probably will be playing Atelier Riser 3 as well, which comes out March 24th. Got a delay for about a month. So in some ways, a little bit disappointing, but I've still got like a game and a half to get through. So blessing in the skies. So I guess uh, it gives me an extra month to finish those two games. But I'm really enjoying it, man. I've gotten a lot further on PlayStation than I did on Switch. And I'm really in sort of in- enjoying sort of, you know, going around. The story isn't based upon just like, a, you know, some big doom doomsday event, whatever. It's very much just like, 
you know, you're in this small village on an island. Um, Riza, she wants to explore the mainland. She wants to grow as a character. She wants to become an awesome alchemist. And the other surrounding characters are doing their own coming of age story as well. And it's just really nice to, you know, be involved in that. And uh, the music is just upbeat, wonderful. And um, it's got a really interesting battle system as well where it's um, sort of active based where, you know, you're waiting for your icon to come down before you do an attack. And, uh, you know, it's very, very much not just like turn-based. You can't just leave the battle screen going. Um, otherwise, you will die. But um, it's pretty cool because uh, Atelier Sophie uh, 2, it just has like a normal turn-based system, which um, is pretty cool between the different series of Atelier games that they are able to do different battle systems and different um, alchemy systems and all that. Um, I will say the only complaint I've got is... And this is something they have fixed in Atelier games since. I'm not sure if it's Atelier Riser 2, but definitely in Atelier Riser 1, there's some just ingredients I need to make certain tools or equipment that I just I just don't know where it is, um, which is frustrating because then it sort of blocks progression. I've got to sort of look it up on your phone and whatever. But for example, in Atelier, Atelier Riser, uh, no, Atelier Sophie 2, um, if you're missing a piece of... Um, ingredient or whatever you can look at the world map you can see what ingredients are found in what area so it makes it a lot easier a lot more streamlined but all right i need this uh salt bush because <laughs> that was a ingredient that i needed very frustratingly salt bush where do i get salt bush near the sea somewhere you know you can work it out um so i went and went, had a look up a guide oh you can find it at this beach if you use the scythe on the bush I'm like okay awesome but really enjoying it. I'm up to the point where I'm fighting a dragon. So um, look out, dragon. I'm going to kick your ass. So that's what I've been playing on other platforms. But Nintendo Switch, out today, brand new release from Nintendo and Intelligent Systems. We've got Fire Emblem Engage, which I put a couple of hours into this morning. Been really enjoying it. But let's jump into the Metacritic scores that it's been receiving. At an average on Metacritic, it is at an 82, which is a bit lower than Three Houses. And our good friend of the show, Paul James on player2.net.au, gave an A- minus out of 10. And his, um, his summary, I guess, for it is, uh, one or two unnecessary chapters and some half-hearted multiplayer get, can't get in the way of what is a sensational Fire Emblem experience. And I'm happy to hear that, you know, it's reviewing well, to me, you know, an 82, that's great. A great game. That's, um, that's something to celebrate uh, the start of our 2023 with. And this is a game I've been looking forward to a long time. And typically for me, Fire Emblem was always a series. You know, the last, well, since Fire Emblem Awakening, I've always bought. I didn't pick up Fates or, no. I, yeah, there's a through, there's a, a few Fire Emblem games on 3DS I didn't get. But I got Awakening, Three Houses. Is that it? Not sure, but I haven't I haven't actually completed any. And it wasn't until last year with Fire Emblem Three Houses. Was it no three? Three houses, three hopes, whatever it was. Um, the yeah, the Muso game that came out last year. That was the first sort of, you know, I guess Fire Emblem at all game that I've actually completed. And I really enjoyed that game. It sort of got me into the whole, you know, relationship building aspect getting your equipment and items and everything was fire emblem except for the hack and slash gameplay which um typically i didn't really enjoy even in you know hyrule warriors or games based on the legend of zelda series but for some reason it all just gelled together so well in three hopes it was fantastic so not long after finishing that with a brand new announcement of a brand new fire emblem game i was absolutely stoked 
to jump into it. I feel like, you know, the training wheels have come off a little bit. We're still playing on casual mode. All the stuff, the hardcore Fire Emblem fanatics will be like, Dro, you bloody disgraceful disappointment. Like, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I really am. But, um, you know, I got to do what I got to do to, <laughs> to get into the game. Um, so it was one of my most anticipated games coming into 2022, especially being so early in the year. Um, being the first, you know, first party Nintendo game coming out and probably the second biggest that we know of right after Zelda. So a lot sort of writing on it. And I was looking up um, developer interviews last night that Nintendo released. And it was interesting because they really sort of pushed the message that they want to, um, want to make it for a more, you know, uh, mainstream audience, which is, you know, which is fair enough. They want to sell more copies and Fire Emblem typically you know, isn't very you know, mainstream. It's definitely not mainstream compared to um, Mario or even like Zelda or Pikmin or a lot of the other stuff they do. So um, to make more people sort of understand the tactical gameplay and get into some strategy games, which is typically uh, a genre that um, gets overlooked. I think that's a great thing. So they discussed in the developer interview that they wanted to get the whole mechanic, the, the idea of what makes this game so fun um, just into your hands as quick as possible. And that's what I noticed when I started playing the game. Um, you jump into basically a battle straight away. You, it, it sort of starts off a fa- like a thousand years before you wake up, before the game starts. You're like, you're hacking and slashing to the big villain. The big villain's like, haha, you can't beat me. And then it teaches you about the engage mechanics straight away. Um, you and Marth, you're able to you know, do your engage abilities and the tutorial like picks up within the first, not even five minutes, just straight away. You're learning about, you know, how to move your characters. You're learning how to do the engage ability, what it does, and all of that. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool because typically in RPGs, like the setup is just like, you know, you've got to be in it before you even think about, you know, what you're sort of doing. So if they want people to actually be like, all right, you know, what makes these games so fun? It's just like, you know, sort of the whole chess aspect and what these different um, iterations can can bring to the table. Like, for example, like the we- the weapon triangle is back. So rock, paper, scissors in, in some respect. Then you've got the abilities that the, um, the uh, engage, no, the emblem rings bring to the table and all of that. So it's quite, um, it's quite interesting. And um, like it, the presentation as well, I, I got to admit, like the presentation, I'm like, this looks awesome. And not even just for a Switch game, like it just holds up just really well. Just the art style, vibrant, colorful characters, fully voice acted, which is just goes a long way for these games to be brought to life, which is, you know, is just something that, you know, I, I always hearken on Pokemon for not doing. Um, and playing that game, like, that's the last major Switch game I've been playing. Just like Fire Emblem, just being fully voice acted and um, just running that well and the characters popping out. Full soundtrack, not just from Ed Sheeran in the credits, you know. Um, I think it's just like a real technical sort of just triumph on Switch. It really is. Um, and I was sort of like wondering, like, look, I'm looking forward to sort of, you know, sitting there grinding, working out what, you know, combinations of equipment and emblem rings and all of that on each character is going to work best. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I don't think I've ever sort of been in that mode for a long time i think a lot of it is actually from playing atelier riser how like each bit of equipment you have to like make from scratch 
So the idea of a fire emblem just being like, hey, look, you found a lance. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to give it to you, my friend. There you go. It seems actually pretty easy <laughs> in, in some respect, at least that part. Just um, maybe not actually uh, pulling off the wicked plays. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, when the actual game started, I was really surprised. Like, you know, Fire Emblem typically has the big stoic sort of opening. And this one had like a pop song with like lyrics and everything. I'm like, wow, it seems it's got like the most anime opening I've um I've seen in a Nintendo game for at least a long time. It's uh, actually quite funny. I'm like, wow, this is just just a big old anime coming out. So there's a few aspects after reading that Nintendo uh, Nintendo de- developer interview. I'm like, oh yeah, I can actually see like a lot of what they were putting into the game, how they do want it to be for a main like a mainstream audience. How like you know the music, the presentation, everything is just revolving around um, getting people's attention and hopefully keeping them there for the the really great gameplay. So I'm looking forward to getting into it a bit more. I you know like I was um, alluding to before, I started off the game. I was like, oh, look, I don't I don't know how much I'm actually going to be interested in the story. But then um, a big sort of moment happens where I'm like, oh, like um, it seems a little bit cliche in some ways, but it worked on me. You'll know when you get there. It was just, uh, it was really, really awesome. Um, and it just dragged me to the story and sort of at the point now where I've just been, had uh, got access to the world map. That's about two hours in for me. So I don't know how much I was dawdling to get there. Might be a bit quicker for you. But uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to playing it over the next next month or so. You know, it's a long game. Um, Paul James, who did the review, I see that he finished it. Well, of course he finished it, he did a review, but I'm like, man behind already <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes but you, you gotta you gotta shake that off man you gotta shake that off shaky shaky oh yeah um yeah so yeah can't wait to get more into it and um we've got plenty of i've got so many games that are starting to roll out uh personally for me really looking forward to Forspoken, which is a playstation 4 game from um square enix and then dead space remake as well um so things are happening Money's been spent. We're having good times. Actually, no. <laughs> that just jogged my memory, saying money is spent. I, I just want to let you guys know, full transparency, I have been provided the code from Nintendo Australia for Fire Emblem um, Engage. Um, there's nothing that says that, you know, I've, I've signed no contract or anything, but I do like just to say that to uh, let you guys know um, that I was provided a code for that. And uh, yeah, it certainly just uh, helps out a lot, especially with... um what I'm going to say at the end of the episode where I am trying to uh, eventually go full-time with this type of stuff. So, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, what we got next? Let's go through some news. And this is a little bit of um, a little bit of pain in the ass, to be honest. It's, it's not good news. <laughs> but we'll get, it, we'll get back to the fun game discussions. But I've got to bring this up as a Nintendo podcast. You can't just sort of brush this over, I feel like, especially if I am going to be doing the news on a regular basis. Uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund increases increases its stake in Nintendo. And just to sum it up from on Nintendo News, the article reads, the Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, the PIF, has increased its stake in Nintendo. The Saudi Arabia's public investment fund at stake has climbed from uh, 5.01 to 6.0. According to the documents which have been filed with the Japanese regulators, Saudi Arabia's uh, public investment fund also shares uh, 
They also has shares in other large video game companies such as Capcom and Koei Tecmo, among others. Uh, due to the news, Nintendo shares were down 1.8%. So we covered this back, I think it was in September, when initially Saudi Arabia's, Arabia's uh, public investment fund um, purchased 5% of Nintendo stock. And without with just that little bit of information, a lot of people were outraged, myself included. I'm like, you got to be bloody kidding me. And, you know, Nintendo as the company, they have no sort of say in who publishes, no, who buys their public stock. So it's nothing we can sort of point towards them and be like, this is a disgusting move. I'm not going to buy your games anymore. Um, but it's something we have to keep in mind, you know, I did say that 5% is just the beginning. It's going to climb. This is not going to be the last time it's going to climb. It's going to keep climbing and climbing. I think Nintendo is a probably a pretty safe investment as far as these guys looking to invest in video game companies. You know, investing in Capcom and Koei Tecmo and other big Japanese giants as well. Nintendo are not the only ones and it's um it sucks because Saudi Arabia, you know, this this isn't just like a company in Saudi Arabia. This isn't even like um like Tencent, for example, where um like they're they're their own Chinese company. Obviously, Chinese politics and government officials and all that. You could say, you know, don't really have a place in you know Western society in the first world country, as far as how their people are treated. And it's a very much a similar situation in Saudi Arabia where. You know, we're looking at just people's rights, women's rights, trans rights, all that type of thing that um, if you're a living person over there, um, they don't get the same respect as us here in Australia, the US, Canada, etc. So um, it's concerning when like their literal government is just looking at, um, at an in- industry we love to put their money to grow their pockets with our money being put into our excitement for the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom for the next nintendo system you know they will be make they will be making a little cut and you know invest just return on their investment um as far as all money nintendo makes and uh that's uh that's hard to come that's really hard to come to terms with it really is because there are some um investments where you can be like all right i can't support that like um snk for example they're like 99 percent owned by the, by the PIF which is I was like all right you're making almost 100% of the money so you know these uh these games I can't be I can't be supporting them unfortunately and will it get to that point with Nintendo I'm not sure I'm I, I certainly hope not um but it, it's concerning um but I know a lot of people and a lot of different issues within the gaming industry um, of late, you know, people have been taking their own different stands and um, all that with the gaming industry. I think that's great. We've been seeing like a lot of pushback on Hogwarts Legacy, um, you know, all the Activision Blizzard stuff that happened over the last year as far as how um, a lot of their staff have been treated by managers and, you know, Bobby Kodak obviously not giving a shit about their workers, you know, just, just stuff like that. You know, people are sort of speaking with their at least social media accounts. I assume they're also sort of backing it up with their wallet as well. So I will say, if you really don't want these guys to be making any money, you've got to say, look, I'm not buying Nintendo stuff. But realistically, I don't... um, I think if you look down the rabbit hole too far, 
especially in the gaming industry, which is a brand new sort of evolving industry that is coming into its own, making a lot of money. A lot of these companies are starting to turn their heads towards the gaming industry as far as investments go. Um, it'll be getting, it'll be harder and harder uh, to actually, you know, stick to a, I guess, a, I guess a equal footing as far as all your opinions go. Like, like if you um, don't want to buy a Hogwarts Legacy because of, you know, trans rights, for example, um, because of all the stuff J.K. Rowling's been saying, it's like, does that mean you also can't um, buy a Nintendo game because, you know, six point oh seven percent is owned by the PIF and you know trans people in Saudi Arabia get their heads cut off. <laughs> like, don't know, man. It's um, it's a difficult topic to sort of get into, but I think um, I think for the most part, it's just something we need to be cognitive of. Um, so at least when it happens, we can uh, discuss what it means um, as an adult, I guess, and not get too too upset about it on uh, social media. Like for me, it, it sucks. It's a thing, but it's also not quite enough for me to be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to draw back my support. And also like Nintendo, their, their products just offer so much joy and happiness to my life. So what does that mean for me cutting that out as well? And that's something I keep in mind, um, you know, as far as Activision Blizzard games go. Because um, for me, you like, I, I personally can't buy Activision Blizzard games anymore. I'm like, that's a, that's a sort of a step too far for me, but I, I wasn't the biggest fan anyway. So it's, it's kind of easy for, for me to say that. Um, but if you're a big Overwatch fan, you know, you're in the Overwatch leagues, you've got the plushies, you just live and breathe that world. You know, all the, the cosplayers that enjoy that franchise, going to different events and all that. World of Warcraft, you've met like your, your wife on there. Like, you know, you've made a life out of um, those games. You know, it's, it's hard to be like, oh, look, I'm just going to drastically take this awesome thing out of my life because of um, some awful things that have happened. I don't want to support the company. It's a hard thing to come to terms with and it's different for everyone. Um, but I'll um, I'll cover it where I need to on the show. That's for sure anyway. Okay, that's pretty much the, the bit of major news. I don't, don't really want to touch on too much more. Um, let's talk about some Redcoin releases that are coming out on Nintendo Switch. But order already out, more or less. Where's my button these days? I forgot. I forgot out the button. Where's the button? Uh, Redcoin releases. There we go. Oh, oh, there we go. We took you to the bloody Redcoin releases section of the show. I hope you're bloody going well. I hope you're having a great time. If you if you like the show, make sure you leave her a like and all that on YouTube. Don't know why I'm doing that. Ha ha ha. Um. I was going to say something else stupid, but here we go. Uh, Persona, 4, Persona 3 Portable is out on the Nintendo Switch. You can get it for 30 bucks, And um, this is one I'm actually looking forward to, but I'm already playing Persona 5, so I don't want to book myself up too much, you know what I mean? Explore, experience the iconic and critically acclaimed RPG that re, uh, reinvented the Persona series, Persona 3 Portable, now newly remastered for modern platforms. Shortly after transferring to a new high school, the protagonist enters the dark hour. Unfamiliar stillness swallows the city. People turn into eerie coffins and otherworldly monsters called Shadows Swarm. When they are attacked by one of these shadows and all hope is lost, the power of the heart, their persona is awakened. So a, I guess a, a retouch up of a PlayStation 
uh, of the PlayStation Portable version. So pretty cool. I'm keen to play this. I don't know what order I'm going to do it. So I want to play Persona 5. Don't know whether to go backwards, then play 4, and then play 3. I'll go 5, 3, 4. I don't know. See what I'm... See what I feel like in another two years when I actually beat Persona 5. <laughs> At the same day is Persona 4 Golden, which was originally released on the PlayStation Vita, which was a remaster of the PlayStation 2 game. Uh, so the blurb is, the world... The world re... Uh, Reowned uh, Persona 5 Golden promises unforgettable adventures, meaningful bonds, and heartwarming experiences shared together with friends. Uh, they say your soulmate will appear if you stare into a television set on a rainy night. Um, so yeah, I've heard great things about it. I did play a little bit on PlayStation um, Vita. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting to that one day now that it's available on Switch and everywhere. And uh, an indie game that I really like the look of, which I will play or will buy when there's a, a gap in time, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, is A Space for the Unbound. Get it for 30 bucks on the uh, Australian eShop. And high school is ending and the world is ending with it. Uh, a Space for the Unbound is a slice of life adventure game with beautiful pixel art in the late uh, 90s rural Indonesia that tells a story about overcoming anxiety, depression, and the relationship between a boy and a girl with supernatural powers. Follow the high school sweethearts um, on a journey of self-discovery at the end of their high school school years. <laughs> when a mysteriously uh, supernatural power is suddenly unleashed, threatening their existence, they must explore and investigate their town to uncover hidden secrets, face the end of the world, and perhaps learn more about each other. So I really like the look of this. You might recognize it if you've watched, uh, I think it was the last Nintendo Direct late last year. Um, just really nice pixel art. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into the narrative and, um, you know, experiencing the game, especially being set in a, a very different sort of um, different space, which is, you know, 90s Indonesia, which is a really cool setting. So pretty cool, pretty cool. All right, so now I want to move on to some of our favorite games for 2022. I've got some I would like to share, um, but also I want to share some of our housemates from our Discord, which you can um, join. If you would like to follow the show notes, you can find our Discord. And I, I want to start off with uh, one of our great users, good friend of mine, Compi. And by the way, these games, they don't have to be released in 2022. I know a lot of people like going to their backlog and discovering old, awesome games that they missed in the past. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I've got a lot of great games that I'm going to enjoy this year. Persona 5 might even be my 2023 game. You never know. <laughs> but Compire, he says that Octopath Traveler and Golf Story were his uh, favorite games of 2022. And... Uh, I mean, especially like for me, Octopath Traveler. Really looking forward to the the sequel coming out next next month. And I didn't finish Octopath Traveler by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, but I reckon I'm going to jump straight into the sequel. But it's just one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite art styles. So um, I'm glad that Compile finally got to Octopath Traveler. And Compile, let me know if um, you're going to be playing the sequel because... I think that's going to be a, a really great sort of step up mechanically as well. Uh, we've got Metadox, and he says, Splatoon 3 has been a fun return to one of my favorite series, and Pokemon Legends Arceus was a great way to breathe new life into the series. But in the end, Elden Ring has ser seriously stolen my heart. It's been a it's been such an, uh, an amazing experience that I can't put down. 
I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time and fell in love with the Souls games and Elden Ring is easily one of the best game experiences I've ever had. So, you know, big words. I think we've all heard so much about Elden Ring throughout the multiple podcasts and gaming content that we take in. And for me, Elden Ring was always like, I think I'd really like this. I personally haven't played a Souls game before, but I think I'd really get a kick out of Elden Ring, just going into a world, sort of discovering what's going on. Um, if I had like a bit more patience during like my downtime, just get my head kicked in and eventually beat bosses, I think I'd be a little bit more open to it. But honestly, now just like with like, you know, my portable TV, my little uh, TV card, I reckon I'm a lot more sort of inclined to jump into it. Because like last year, I'm like, if I get a Steam Deck, I'll play it so then I can play it where I want. But now I've sort of got that sort of versatility with me anyway. So yeah, I'd like to play it when it's like I get it on sale or something like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. So really happy you enjoyed Elden Ring meta. Next up, we've got Lemonade. And he actually, he supplies me with his um his top 10 favorite games. Um, but might as well just do the top three. So his favorite game, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is the only Nintendo game I didn't touch last year. Um, you know, you got to pick your battles. And uh, look, I, I'm jealous. I really wish I played it as well. But I know when it came out, man, I was, um, I was at a stage with Lucas where he was a little bit more active, learning, you know, just getting used to, uh, you know, having a baby and all that. Um, so just a, a big RPG with, um, you know, which had like a lot of mechanics and stuff to learn. Yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't on the cards, unfortunately, but yeah. I really uh, wish I, I really wish I had it under my belt, that's for sure. Uh, number two was Immortality, which I've been hearing a lot of cool things about, basically being like a, I don't know, like a, like a in some ways, like a puzzle game where you're able to, you know, watch a, some movie clips and put together a story, putting different clips and that together. Sounds pretty interesting. And a game that I know uh, Luke's actually been asking me about is um, Melatonin, which I did buy. It's an indie game that came out um, just around Christmas, um, very much in the spirit of Rhythm Heaven. And I'm really looking forward to getting into it. But yeah, I sort of, on my Switch, I've got two games that I'm, I'm going to finish these first and then I'll move on to Melatonin. And have I finished those games on Switch? Not yet. I've, um, yeah, oh, we'll see. I'll, I want to finish it by the end of January. So then they, they're on the scorecard as far as what's, um, what I've been playing or what I've finished. Wacko Jacko, he has an interesting one. So he's got a lot of games that did not come out this year, but he's got good reasons for um, all of them. So um, he says, Splatoon 2 because I achieved something that no other Western player had ever done. And that was reach max points on vanilla GooTuber. And also Rocket League because it helped him start his uh, podcast with a good mate. And just to let you guys know, that podcast is the Average Blokes podcast. You can go and find it on his YouTube channel, at Wacko Jacko. And he's got a special mention for Pokemon um, Auras, uh, Sword and Shield, um, uh, uh, Legends Arceus, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Scarlet and Violet. So a lot of Pokemon games there. He's a big shiny hunter. There's a lot of... Um, you know, shiny hunting and that on his Twitch channel and stuff like that. So, you know, just diving into a bunch of older Pokemon games, which is, which is cool, man. It's great just going back into a series that you like and replaying games and still getting a kick out of them, especially like Pokemon, um, like Auras. Like, man, that's a, what's that, 2000? Let me think. Four, was it 14? Yeah, it came out like the same year. 
It came out same year as Super Smash Brothers on 3DS, man. It was a good year. So, yeah, I've only played through those games once. So, I was actually thinking about going back and playing a 3DS Pokemon game. But uh, I've, got some, I've got some JRPGs already going, so I might leave that. Uh, Jamie Penning, his favorite game of 2022 was also Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I know Jamie sort of, you know, he um, really sort of digs into these JRPGs every year, which is really cool to see. His favorite game is Octopath Traveler. Um, I know he's finished that a couple of times. So when there's a big meaty JRPG coming out, especially from Nintendo, I can expect Jamie to play it. <laughs> we got Zach. His favorite game is uh, Neon White. He says it blends puzzle, uh, platforming, puzzling, puzzle solving, and shooting into a game that basically turns you into a speedrunner and has an intriguing plot. Do not overlook this game. And Neon White, man, this is a game I've had on my wish list on Switch, Steam, now PlayStation for a long time. Um, so that's that's sort of a game that's in my wish list where I'm like, look, when when I don't have three JRPGs chipping away at, I might uh, I might jump I might jump into it. It looks like a lot of fun. I think it's a uh, it's probably like just perfect game just for being in between other games. Just do a quick few runs, see if you can beat some friends' scores, all of that. So yeah, I've I've got to take it, man. I've got to um. I've got to play it. And I know like multiple sort of outlets that I follow, you know, Carpool Gaming, All In, Nintendo Podcast, you know, Seth Sturgill uh, really loves that game. Became one of uh, Sean Capri's game of the year as well, actually, after he played it late last year. So it's definitely something that I need to jump into. We've got Sam Hay. He says, for me, it has to be Pokemon Scarlet. I haven't put hours into a game like this for years. Uh, just looked at most of my played games ever and... Uh, and it's it's uh, now two two six. So I, I copy and pasted this from Discord. So formatting is a little bit weird. Um, a Breath of the Wild, Octopath Traveler, Mario Odyssey, Three Houses, um, Mario Plus Rabbids. Uh, these are the uh, most of these games are early Switch titles. And since you had kids, you haven't uh, I haven't had a lot of time to game. Uh, so to play a game nearly daily was massive. Other great games this year were Live Alive, Mario Plus Rabbits 2, and The Quarry. So yeah, man, I can I can <laughs> I can say I can relate. Like, you know, it's a lot harder to sit down and just have that uninterrupted gaming time. Um, or just uninterrupted time just full stop when you've got a kid. And Sam, he's he's just recently had his third, so I could uh, I could only imagine times in what I have by three. <laughs> so uh you know, good luck to you. You did a great job um, finishing Pokemon. <laughs> Let alone, you know, the Quarry, Mario Plus Rabbids. So hopefully, I don't know what um, sort of your gaming, uh, I guess, goals are for 2023. It might just be me that thinks about that a little bit more. I don't know if other people are serious enough. Like, I really got to think about my uh, <laughs> my hobby. Like, I really got to make sure I finish some games. I don't know. Sam, let me know how you go in 2023 if you beat some games. Let me know this month how you go. <laughs> and last of all, we've got Tamazoid. He says, I barely played any 2022 releases, but I'm really enjoying Pentiment at the moment. A cross between a point-and-click adventure game and an RPG. Really strong writing and an absolutely stunning and unique art style. And it's another game that slipped past me. Um, on Xbox Game Pass, exclusively on Xbox and PC by Obsidian Games, which is a nice little, um, I guess, a smaller project for that team to create. And just like from artistically, I'd like to jump into it as well. 
Um, it's just I've heard of it, it's a bit of a slow build-up. And if you play the first hour, you'll probably know if you want to continue with if the story is gripping you or just leave it how it is. Um, so, yeah, no, Pentiment. It's on my list too, man. I've got to put it on my... Uh, not my wish list, my up next sort of uh, list on Xbox Game Pass. But yeah, should at least just dip into it for an hour, just like just just to see, just see what's going on. Like, is this is this something Drew would enjoy or not really? Because that's the that's the beauty of um just Game Pass. Like, I feel like all subscription services in general, even Nintendo Switch Online, like it's something I'd look at. I'm like, like I'm not gonna pay. I don't know how much it costs. It's like fifty bucks. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh look, fifty bucks just to try it. Um, but for Game Pass, might, this might be a, a genre that I really like. Like typically, I think a lot of us stick to uh, games that we know we like. And I think as Nintendo fans, we're very guilty of this. We're like, look, I don't know about 80 bucks on this game, but another Mario game, I'll play that. Another Pokemon game where it's a, the exact same sort of concept, just in a different land, a different set of monsters. I'll buy that. Um, so, Yeah. That's why Game Pass comes in clutch. Comes in clutch, boys. Oh, man. Been talking for an hour and four minutes. Let's uh, have a sip of water and I want to get into um, what's going to be happening with my content in 2023. Let me have a sip of water, please. Fantastic stuff. Look, I encourage anyone out there. I don't know if you're on the shovel today at work. I don't know if you're in the office. I don't know if you're on your phone just ignoring life. But have a have a sip of water. Look after yourself, all right? All right. So, in 2023, I, I left this uh, sort of section for the end of the podcast. So, if you don't care about, um, you know, the show going forward and um, other content or whatever, um, you can tune out now. But this is a... I, I, I want to be heartfelt and sort of honest with you guys about how I feel and what I want to be accomplishing in 2023. And... A lot of that sort of comes from, you know, the type of person, father, partner, um, friend, all that I want to be. And, you know, a, a lot of um, reflection has happened. I talked about this at the start of the show, you know, I made the joke about me becoming a mirror. But the it really sort of um, highlighted to me just how scarily time is passing by. And I remember not long after... Um, finishing high school. Look, I wanted to like make YouTube content. I wanted to um, do a lot of stuff. And you know, you've got you got multiple different types of excuses or reasons or whatever. Um, you know, a lot of the reason back then was you know I didn't have good internet for upload, so that was a a techn- technological sort of barrier to um, you know getting content out there. But also just like. I guess your like procrastination, um, wanting it to be perfect at the gate, even though you've got so much to learn, and just like a lot of reasons. And you know, thinking back to it now, that was ten, nine years ago. And since then, I started a podcast with Bryce, the House of Mario. We've been doing it for almost six years, and you know, it's great. It's been a, a great sort of push forward. But as far as like becoming like a like making this like a real thing like a full-time job or a part-time job um you know it's just being a nice little hobby on the side of things 
And for years, I told myself like, oh, look, I just want it to be a hobby, a bit of fun, a bit of ha-ha, a bit of that. Um, but deep down in my heart, I really knew that I, I, I wanted, you know, to be doing this for what I do, to be a, you know, a video game a, a commentator, someone who reviews, talks about games, shares their experiences, does podcasts, videos, all of that type of stuff, watching a bunch of people that I've got a lot of respect for, you know, back in the day with like kind of funny, well, current day, I still watch and listen to kind of funny and IGN and a bunch of the podcasts as I'm sure you guys are familiar with. And it's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of for reasons, whether it's work, family, your own sort of restrictions you put on yourself. I'm sure that was a lot of it. Just um, me wanting it to be a bit of a perfectionist who can't perfect anything. <laughs> I don't know if uh, how many of you guys can relate to that, but I'm sure some of you can. Um, and that's resulted in like the last 10 years just like flying by. And now, you know, reflecting on being a father, being a, well, all, like going into the last year of my 20s, I'm like, You've, you've got to make sort of the, the move to um, at least try, at least know that, you know, you gave it your all and you can move on to something else and do something else that you might really enjoy. So last year, I was saying a lot that I want to free up one day a week to dedicate to content. And that is exactly what I'm doing this year. That's what I'm doing today. So each Friday, going to be dedicating to streaming, podcasting and creating videos and today was my first day trying that out and it's kind of like the day has just flown by. Um, it's just been ridiculous how fast the day has gone. Um, but I really want to try and make this a thing, become a you know a full-time podcaster, content creator. And I don't know what that looks like. I've got a lot to learn, a lot to sort of manage as far as um, how it fits into my life behind the scenes with a family and all of that. But this is truly what brings me happiness is, you know, talking about games, sharing them with you, hearing the feedback, all of that, putting myself out there and creating something that ultimately I hope I'm very proud of and other people enjoy and brings just um, value to your life, whether it's education through um, finding out what the news is or you just generally enjoy the entertainment that um, some of my content provides. And if you're at this point, I assume that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so bad that you've you've tuned out the first fifteen minutes. So I really do appreciate that. So you know, going throughout twenty twenty three, my goal is to try and be consistent as far as all this goes. It it might not be possible throughout the whole year. Certain months be a little bit busier, depending on what's going on on the farm, all that. So maybe not every Friday I'll be able to be dedicated to um, doing this and other things on youtube.com slash iDruby. But I really am going to be pushing to do it because I don't want another 10 years to go by and be like, man, it's been 20 years and I've been wanting to, you know, do a decent um, decent push for, you know, being a content creator. Um, so that's what I'm going to be that's what we're going to be doing and it's going to be, it's not going to be overnight. It's going to be something I've got to grow. I've got a lot to learn as far as just like, you know, your stuff on camera, that's one thing. Then you've got your camera settings, you got, you know, just titling, just a bunch of stuff. So it's not going to happen overnight, but by the end of the year, I want to be 
um, in a place where I'm like, all right, we're, we're on a good, we're on a good uh, sort of leg forward. In like 2024, man, we're gonna probably gonna ha- have a new Nintendo console to talk about, a bunch of um, bunch of exciting stuff in the world of Nintendo. So, I want to be well prepared for um, that moment. So, I hope you join me for this um, this journey over 2023. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm always ears open to thoughts and wants for you guys. You know, you guys have been the just a, such a awesome support for the show over the last five years and even the last few months where it's been I'm like all right you know things have changed it's becoming a solo show it's it's just a very different show as far as um, how it started off and I hope um, hope it all continues going well Um, so I guess like the way you can support the most is just what you're doing right now watching listening and if you could share it as well with friends or someone who would also enjoy it, that's the main thing. Word of mouth is the biggest thing. Um, but of course, if you'd like to get more content and support in a monetary way, I do have patreon.com slash idruby. Even from a dollar a month, you can support, you can get bonus content, which I do with my good friend Josh from Nintendvania and also do a weekly podcast called Secret Recordings, which is a bit more of behind the scenes stuff about what I talk about um, or where I talk about sort of, uh, you know, the thoughts and everything that goes into the content I'm creating there. Um, so that's, um, that's definitely a big help, but it's, it's for me, it's also not even the, uh, it's not the monetary, um, support that really helps. It's just like the fact that, you know, I've got 12 people that are there on Patreon that say, look, you do a good job or we, we believe in you enough to even make the effort to sign up on Patreon. That's That in itself is big enough. And the 12 people I have there, so I'm, I'm going to read them out here. Just a big thank you to everyone. Oliver Chaston, Nintendvania, Thomas McRobert, Samuel Hay, DJ, Brendan Tam, Lemonade, uh, Ryan Betson, Dane Peavy, Ashley Hobley, Dylan Blight, and Brendan White. Guys, thank you so much. Um, because for me, it's also, it's making this step. The hardest thing is not like, oh, what am I going to do about my bank account? How am I going to pay the bills? That's certainly an aspect I've got to be very mindful of as far as all this goes when I've got like a young family um, and I am the sole provider. Um, Chantel does work as well, but, you know, I, I'm the one that, um, you know, works the most and all of that while Chantel primarily looks after Lucas. So it's something I've got to keep in mind, definitely. But for me, like, you know, the last 10 years as well, I grew up, um, I grew up on a, with, uh, like a farming family and, you know, running a farm, it's hard work. So my parents really instilled in me that it's important to be a hard worker. And that's something I personally believe in. And my twenties, I basically spent working hospitality on the weekends, working farmhand, shearer, rouse about, you know, all these farm jobs during the week. And even sometimes did hospitality like straight after my day job during the week as well. So there wasn't, you know, I worked my ass off. I I made money, bought a house, you know, put the work in. But it's hard being like, all right, now I want to, I really want to justify spending a day just like, it's easy to write it off just as sitting around playing a game. 
where it's 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 not necessarily like I put two hours into Fire Emblem today, and that's so I could have context to talk about it, have the stream for YouTube, and all of that. Um, but for me, I've just got to really justify it for myself. Be like, you know, I'm this is work I'm putting into it. I'm getting something out of it. Um, and even if that's just my own sort of joy, getting something out of it, that'd be great. But also, it'd be great to get joy and feedback from other people as well. So it's going to be, it's, it's a big mindset shift for me, um, as well as, you know, just thinking about this as an actual job, I guess. And the goal is to expand, say, from Fridays, then I get also dedicate Thursdays to it. And then if, you know, if it calls for Wednesdays, also Wednesdays and growth from there. Because um, I've, I've watched other people make the move. Um, Nintendo by, number, by numbers, Eric Zuch, he went from being a full-time builder to full-time content creator. And he did a fantastic job over the course of a year. But I also see that he burnt himself out. And that if he grew a little bit slower, he would have eventually found the, the trend of Animal Crossing, which blew up probably a couple of months after. So there's no point running your bank account out <laughs> over the course of a year without like not working anywhere else at all. Um, so it's a, it's a slow grow, I think. And even like Seth Sturgill, which uh, he's host of the All End Nintendo podcast. And he's gone full-time and uh, he, he's got a, a way of, um, you know, his, his partner works uh, full-time. He's able to put his heart and soul into his YouTube, his podcast, Carpool Gaming, which he's also a part of. And um, I, really respect, I really respect that. I'd love to talk to Seth about that sometime. If you're listening, Seth, I'd love to have you on the House of Mario Encore. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's a big step. I'm really looking forward to, forward to getting into it. So next Friday, we'll also be doing the same thing and, um, we'll see how it goes. Like the first, first month or so, I'll reflect on how it went and don't know, just get a lot better at being organized and getting my stuff together. And if I know that I can't get a podcast or video or whatever out, I'll, let you guys know I'll be a lot better than I was last year where um, just I can't get back to the the microphone. <laughs> but yeah, man, thank you very much for, for listening to the episode. Thank you very much to uh, hearing me out as far as uh, all that goes, as far as um, what I'm going to be doing, hopefully pushing towards, I guess, full-time, part-time content creator. I think it'll be awesome. I really want to make something that I'm proud of that entertains you guys. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great year. This is going to be my year and I hope it's your year as well. So let's push on. Let's be positive. Let's, um, let's make an awesome community. So everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 241 of the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast. I appreciate your time listening this, this far on the show. But let's test your Nintendo knowledge. So I've got a little sound effect here. Let me know what you think it is. Yeah, what do you reckon that was? Maybe it's a bit of a theme with uh, this episode. Maybe a game that just came out recently. Maybe a game on 3DS that I'm pulling that sound effect from. Let me know um, on uh, on the YouTube comments at iDruby. Yeah, YouTube comments on this video. We're <laughs> oh, falling asleep at the end of the show. Let's finish off strong. So let me know... Um, in the thing, <laughs> the comments. 
and you'll also join our Discord community. There's an invite invite in the show notes below. But until then, guys, the doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. I'll catch you later.